Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I just feel like there's so many, such like an abundance of like opportunities. Sorry, it just like upsets me. I mean, I hate that it affects you this badly. Because it's not about business. It's just there's so much, and it takes precedence over hurting your sister. It's just legit copying my wedding. Like, everything that I did was, like, pulling, like, references of, like, 90s. Like, it's just, like, it's stupid because it's the deeper thing that it's about. It's grabbing whatever's in the way. It's like such an abundance or like an excess, like it's never enough. It's never like just okay to like not do something or turn something down because it doesn't make sense. To another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. And I, I fumbled, I fumbled yet again. It is what? Father's Day and Juneteenth weekend. But listen, I feel like I should be doubly off because one, my dad's dead, and two, I'm black. But here I am, yet again, recording on time as I do. I don't even think about holidays and I should, I should take some time for myself. What I would be doing. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) So maybe it's just better that I'm keep keep on keeping on. So with that, I will say that I'm not going to be discussing Atlanta. I might save it for uh, later this week, possibly the summer house Martha's vineyard episode, but I should maybe ask my guest. Guess, do you also want to talk about Atlanta just real quick before we 
get into Martha's Vineyard? I guess maybe I'll ask you, I'll text you about that. But anyway, um, hi guys. I hope you're doing well. And yeah, we're just going to keep it brief before we get into our Kardashian corner recap. Um, y'all. And just like that comes out this week, this is the, the week that Che Diaz has made and let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm actually looking forward to, but here's my concern is that like the Che discourse was very fun, but I'm really hoping that Michael Patrick King and the rest of the writers don't make, don't ruin it for us, you know? Like, cause I was, Che was like the person that we love to hate. Or like, you know, whatever you felt about Che. Um, and I just feel like I'm scared that they're going to ruin that. I'm, but that's really my only concern. Other than that, I'm actually really looking forward to the premiere. Uh, but let's talk about what we got to talk about today. I have been waiting on the story to like compile things to, so we can really, really get down into the mess the muck and the mire that is the Kim Zolciak Bierman and Corey Bierman divorce. Y'all, I had a feeling that this shit was going to get messy and it was really only a matter of time. And I was right. I was right. I was right. So let's get into what really has been going on since the divorce has been announced. Y'all it's bad. (laughs) It's bad. It is not good. Let's start off with what's going on with Croy. Croy is in a bad way because uh, Rolls-Royce wants their car back. They're claiming that Croy allegedly defaulted on the terms of their contract, not paying the lease on time, and that he signed this lease at the end of July of 2020. It was a Rolls-Royce Kalinian, whatever that means, worth about $400,000. Now, this is what I'm saying, y'all. A 400 grand on a house that was worth like 2 million. That's wild. That is so wild to let's like clearly living outside of your means and like my mom taught me something like you don't you got to stunt in the right way. You know, if you're living in a condo Live within the condo means. Have a cute little Honda or whatever, like a nice Honda or whatever, you know, would be the equivalent to your living situation. If you're buying a million, two million, whatever dollar house, you got to furnish that shit. And then you got to pay for the air conditioning. You got to pay for the pool maintenance, the housekeeper probably, and all of those things. And you know what these people do? They buy these houses and then they, they like truly live by their means. And not that they didn't have furniture, but I'm sure that they owe money on that. But what I'm saying is why do you, it does not make sense to me why you would have a house or a car rather that's worth so much money in comparison to your house. That's a lot of money. So he, well, I guess what happened is he had a Rolls Royce, a Wraith, right? That was worth a couple hundred thousand dollars. So he traded that in and then he was supposed to make, uh, you know, additional payments on the difference of this new one. So it was about to be $5,000 a month for a 36 month period. So, um, they're saying that the, by the end of the lease, Croy owned, owed, 
$221,763.57. They did say that there were like sporadic late charges that he was accruing around September of 2020, February of 2021, and then again in October of 2021, and that the mispayments became more frequent from January 2022 to April 2023. And they did ask Croy to return the car, but he refused used and failed to turn over the vehicle. So according to Croy's attorney, they say that Mr. Bierman never imagined that he would find himself in this position, having a car repossessed. But this is a fallout when people, when folks find themselves spending way beyond their means. Croy is retired and never, no longer receives that NFL salary. I don't think anyone told Kim. <laughs> now, again, this is Croy's attorney saying this. And then they go on to say, when it comes to finances, Kim is detached from reality. Every month, Corey has to scratch enough money to pay their mortgage to save the home from going into foreclosure. They are getting collection notices and now lawsuits on behalf of creditors. Kim continues to spend money on online gambling, wine, things that are capital N-O-T, not necessities, but luxuries. Well, now they have one less luxury item. Now, speaking of trying to scrape enough money to save that house that has been in foreclosure how many times, or on the threat of foreclosure how many times in the past couple of years now, uh, they've been scrapping over, like, seemingly every penny that they've got. They had their Beerman's closet where Kim was selling her wigs, uh, her used wigs from. (laughs) Shout out to Watch What Happens Live for um, buying one. How much did Andy say it was? Like, 20 it was over a thousand dollars. I do know that. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, there were rumors about, so they do this like Beerman's closet thing it was basically just like eBay, right? They sell their old goods and that there were reports that I guess Croy was the one who was doing, heading the whole ship at, over at uh, Beerman's closet, right? Shipping, handling, doing the business end. So he was saying that he got locked out of the business. <laughs> And couldn't access, and there was some, like, kerfuffle over a Beerman closet. Girl, like, who was buying from them anyway? But I guess, I don't know if they worked that out. But then, there were police reports coming out from early May that the Milton Police Department came over to that house, whoever's house that is, (laughs) Chateau Felma, and they went over to report a domestic disputes rather it is alleged that in the report that kim told the cops that croy locked her designer purses jewelry and her passport in a safe and then hid the key from her he was saying well she said, goes on to say that this these purses were like 100 worth one hundred seventy five thousand dollars. they were all premarital assets all things that she owned prior to the uh marriage that Corey was just keeping lots you know this is property of big papa i'm sure but Corey's side of the story is that this was joint property marital property and he locked them away with the uh you know idea of liquidating selling the shit to help pay down the bills and then it goes on to say that Croy brings him down to the basement he opens a safe there's nothing in there. Um, there was a passport and a Louis Vuitton case in the safe that he did give to the police. And then Croy says, and this is serious, y'all, that they got into an argument over the stuff. And he claims that Kim punched him in the back of the head. 
but he declined to press charges even though he allegedly produced footage because you know they keep cameras all over that house of the incident in, in question so the things keep happening they keep throwing things back and forth at each other Candace claiming that uh Corey is a pothead I guess and that he smokes to the point where he's unable to care for the children and that she wants him to undergo some sort of five panel drug follicle screening um and that he's not to cut any of his hair until the screening is complete they also also had to I think this is mandatory I think maybe for any families that are getting divorced go through a um like a family how to get along and kumbaya together in the wake of a divorce uh class that they had to take and there were rumors of like who completed the course first I think Croy did and Kim did it like later in a way that he released that information in a way that made her look bad it's just like very messy um Croy is saying that Kim has a very troubling gambling problem that has gone on the entirety of their marriage and that uh, leading up to the months of their divorce that it had really gotten out of control and that she was really obsessed with online gambling and that because of that, if you want to talk about my pot smoking, because of her online gambling habit, she's unable to properly care for the children. And he says... He, in his court filing, he included a joint bank account statement from the month of April, which showed that there was over $127,000 in deposits at the beginning of the month. And by the end, there was only $760 left. Now I'm trying to figure out how y'all making, how did y'all even have $127,000? Like that is actually pretty shocking to me. Where was that money coming from? I would really love to know. So watch this space. I will definitely be keeping up with what the hell is going on with these two. And it's, it's bad. Um, I think Croy has, as of late, filed for sole custody, said that um, Kim has been abusive towards him. And again, like little regard for the children. And that he also is concerned about her upcoming cameo on The Real Houses of Atlanta affecting their mental health and well-being, which is something that I am like a little bit confused about. Is it just her being on TV? Because mind you, this is this season of Atlanta. They just announced they got divorced. So this would have been very... She would have been very much married to Croy at this point. And, you know, everybody's saying this was a surprise. So I would imagine she's probably, you know, being like, oh, everything's great. Ask, believe, receive. Big Papa, or not Big Papa, um, the blonde one. You know, love him. Love my man and his ass, right? I, I feel like she's probably still going to be on that. So, and also, like, if you're so worried about uh, this money, scrapping and surviving, you better let Bravo deposit that check in the ad account. Since you only have $760 in it. <laughs> yeah, this might be a W for you. Like, let this one go. Now, if you want to block her from being on TV next season, fine. But as of now, you're still in this together. So let her let her, let her get the check, boy. So Kim's basically saying the same thing or alleging the same thing that Croy is that he has subjected her to years of emotional and uh, mental abuse. And that's taken a toll on the entire family. So... Watch what happens. We'll we'll have to see. And there was another couple that unfortunately announced their divorce 
And uh, I'm feeling like this is going to be a repeat of the first couple we just spoke about. Tori Spelling and Dean McDermott have broken up. <laughs> Don't laugh, Kara. That's not funny. Um, I'm not laughing. No, I am laughing because I think it's funny. But I just thinking about all the things that they went through in this marriage. It's like, why break up now? Yeah, It's the same feeling that I get about they're really like, wow, what now having a revelation? Are Kim McCroy, honestly, the Hollywood or the, the Atlanta version? Are Tori and Dean the Hollywood version of Kim McCroy? Like just constantly um, weird things happening, always in some sort of financial affair, kerfuffle, oopsie situation. I can't imagine. You know, like they're like rich people. They're like broke for rich people, you know, I, which is like the worst thing. Like, I'd rather just be broke than be broke like them, you know, because I can't even really enjoy the fruits of my labor walking around in a Rolls Royce thinking that the repo reaper is going to be coming and like, you know, doing the Dougie on my front hood because he's taking my car because I haven't made payments on it. Like, it's just, how do you enjoy yourself knowing that you're constantly on the edge financially it just seems very very stressful to be like oh i'm gonna go shopping for my kids hope i have enough you know like regular broke because you don't have to be that way you know like if i'm just regular broke then there's a reason for that but it's like if i'm having a ton of money coming in and i just don't spend it well and i'm broke because i'm a dumbass that sucks that sucks but with the way their relationship began with the whole cheating and, you know, he eventually cheated on her with some lady named Emily Goodhand while he was filming Chopped Canada and the drama of the, over whether or not he should go back for season two because that's when he cheated on her the first time. And then just all the things that they've had to go through, all the children that they've had, all the haircuts, all the TV shows, all the, you know, the time that she burned herself at a Benihana. <laughs> I think about that a lot, Kara. Again, stop laughing. I just think, like, how does this happen? How did they just, the last headline that happened with them was like a month ago, where I guess they'd been sick for God knows how long and found out that they, they had black mold in their house and that they had to evacuate the premises. Like, everything always happens to to poor little rich girl Tori Spelling. And I find that very fascinating. And I just feel like they've been through a lot. I just feel like once you get burned, you know, over some shrimp tempura, like, you gotta stick together, you know? It just seems like you gotta stick together at that point. If you can get through that, you can get through anything. But apparently not. Love is dead. Tori and Dean are no longer together. Watch this space. Uh, but what else do I have to talk about? Just quick shout out to the girls on ultimate girls trip uh for getting paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars to film that what how long are they going to be there a week in at state parts i would love to know is this what they've all been making this whole time or was it just them very very curious to know and with that before we head into our kardashian recap obviously we have to talk about the um all the small things redo that Courtney did in the crowd at a Blink-182 concert on Friday night with the sign that she held up saying, Travis, I'm pregnant. So thank God. <laughs> Shout out to them. 
for for that because Lord knows we've seen how much they've been trying to have this child. I think it's beautiful. Like I'm really happy for her and them. I think that's nice. But my thing is my girl of the week, I guess, is going to go to the people who thought that this was a surprise that Courtney was putting on Travis. To which I would have to say, the people who are saying that have never seen Courtney or Travis interact with one another. Clearly, right? <laughs> have you seen them? Because it's basically just like back and forth forever, all up in each other's mouths and other orifices. They're fucking in the closet. They're fucking, you know, in the middle of a photo shoot. They're just like deep deep tongue in each other at all, every point. And some of you guys got very grossed out by me saying this, but I just said that I feel like Travis probably has a nickname for all of her taste buds because he knows them so well. So how is it possible? Also, Courtney's showing, like very obviously showing. She seems like probably towards the end of the second trimester. I don't know, but she's, she's visibly pregnant. I just feel like Travis probably smelled it on her before she even knew. And so I just don't know how it would be possible for that to be a surprise. <laughs> like, y'all, l- go look at, like, a fan cam of Courtney and Travis for, like, 15 seconds if you've never been exposed to them. And tell me if you think it's possible that he didn't know she was pregnant. Girl, he's probably pregnant. Somehow. <laughs> That's how attached they are to each other. So, no, I don't know why TMZ was, like, putting off this narrative that Travis was, like, so surprised. Maybe he was surprised that she put the sign up, but he definitely was not surprised that she was pregnant. Not possible. Um, But congrats, Mazel. Mazel to you both. Is that all I want to talk about? I, like, kind of want to talk about the end of New Jersey, but I kind of, like, don't want to get investigated by Bodidal, so not really worth it to me. But I will say that I my attraction for John Fuda, much like most of you, went up a thousandfold. And I actually would like everybody to come back next season. And um, I'm not going to say my feelings about Melissa versus Tree because, again... I don't want anybody bullying me. So we'll just leave my answer to that. I did see more value in one person than I did the other. But I will say, here's my other thing, is that, and I think I said this at the beginning of last season, is that I think Melissa gels with the girls better than Tree does. And so in terms of like having a cast go on and be cohesive, I think it makes more sense with Melissa because she's actually friends with these girls, whereas Teresa's like beefing with most of them, most of, or a lot of them or not and in ways that like I don't really give a shit about but you know see I've already said too much don't come for me though I can't I can't take it what I will say though I think is that we should all be afraid for Teresa because I think Lou is like really fucking crazy you guys there's something going on there and I know that that's no secret and I know that's not brand new information to most of us I just think if we can be a house divided on Melissa versus Tree, we should all be reaching across the aisle in our concern for what Louis is about to do to this family. Because I think it's not going to be pretty, you guys. I don't think it's going to be good. I'm scared. I'm so scared. I can't talk about this. We got to move on. Okay. The rest of the episode is going to be a recap of the latest episode of Kardashians. So check it out. It's actually pretty juicy this time. Thank you, guys. Love you. Bye. Ooh, let's hop over to Milan. We got to talk about this episode of the Kardashians. 
We're getting better. I think we're getting better here. We got something, guys. So we're in Milan, right? Kim is still working on the Dolce show. It's like day two of three that they have to prepare before the actual show. Danielle, the stylist, is still on um, Skim's Air or whatever, but she will be in Italy later that day. So they're just like in the studio figuring out... I mean, this is like high stakes and low stakes at the same time, right? All the looks are completed. So really what they're doing is just like doing accessories and styling, just these little bits and pieces to really complete the look. So would I say like it's important? Absolutely. Because like you really want to have a vibe and like consistency and all that. But is this something, like I felt like this is something that Kim could have easily done without like, freezing in terror at the thought of Danielle the stylist not being there. It's not like we're picking out patterns here. Cuts. Fabrics. You know, like, we're already at, like, just the, the just the, like, the little bits and pieces, right? Edward Enenful stops by, which really, like, baby, I know that that man has so many more and better things to do, even if it's just taking a quiet time to himself. Then talk to Dolce and Cabana about what's going on. He's like the head of Vogue. He was the head of British Vogue. And now he's got a different position recently. He was rumored to possibly take over Anna Wintour's spot here at American Vogue, which would have been uh, a real great, great thing. But unfortunately, that did not happen. But we're, we're, we're happy for Edward. We love him. He does really, really great things with Vogue at large. But anyway, they're talking, they're all talking. It's like Ivana, Edward, Kim, they're all talking about how this all came to be. Kim was a big archivist of their pieces. And then when it came down for the Kravis wedding, she pulled out all her pieces from the archives and they were so impressed that they were like, oh my God, we got to work on something. Now this is where I'm confused, Kim, because you said that y'all have been talking about this collaboration since before the wedding. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. And also that, like, you did mention that you, uh, at some point in this episode, that you did not talk business at all during Courtney's wedding. So I guess I'm just, like, confused if where the timeline is exactly. Maybe she's talking about, they were talking about the Skims collaboration for a while, and then things died down, or they couldn't get the material or whatever. And then they saw what happened at the wedding, and they're like, oh, well, maybe we'll just make you the head bitch in charge, right? Maybe that's what she's saying. But anyway, um, Kim says in a confessional, like I said, that she did not discuss that deal during the wedding, and that she made sure that they weren't going to be using any looks that were pulled for Courtney's wedding in the show. Then we go back to L.A., 
more of Kendall and Kylie's sister time at the barn where Kendall keeps her horse. And so they're going to go just ride together. Kendall's super happy to be hanging out with Kylie again. And she says, you know, growing up, they had different sets of friends. And because they're so close in age, sometimes they would hang out with the other set. And then the other one would get mad if, like, you know, Kendall was hanging out with Jordan or whatever. Then Kylie would get upset or, you know, whoever, right? And then she's like, I feel like things really got better for me and Kylie once she had Stormy. She grew up. She had more of a purpose. But I would like to hear more of what really happened with you guys because on life of Kylie in my memory Kylie was talking about the dynamic between like the Jenner family meaning Chris Caitlin Kendall and her and how she always felt kind of left out of the scenario that they were all they're Scorpios she's a Leo and that they just handle things very differently and she kind of felt like isolated from the other three and how they like approach life anger whatever. So I would like to hear more about that. And it's also very clear that once Kylie like really moved out, she kind of made her own family with Jordan and Stoss and then Travis and like really had her own thing and wasn't hanging out with the family too much. And again, like, let's talk about that. But like happy trails to you guys. I guess we'll watch you swing around. I don't, I don't know wherever the hell you are in California with these two beautiful horses. Okay, let's do that. Let's swing back to Milan. I wonder how much are they? Did Jenner Communications get a deal with the Milan Tourism Board? Because every Kylie's been there separately. We've been there for the wedding. Kylie went over there to mix powders or whatever for Kylie Cosmetics. Now we're back here, and it just—it's giving. It's giving. But anyway, Danielle, the stylist, finally shows up to Dolce. But Kim is like in her bag at this point. She's like, honestly, I think. Danielle not being here may have been a blessing in disguise because Danielle was like a security blanket for me and now I can do things all on my own. Then they have a little bit of drama because they're picking out the dress or the outfit that Kim is going to walk down the runway with after the show, you know, as the designers do. They'll do a little wave and pretend to be humble, right? And so they're picking out this very Kim dress like a dress a silhouette that we've seen her in a thousand times before the kind of like bustier style top the skin tight dress long gown sequins just like body yaddy yaddy she's feeling herself she's trying to say yes to the dress and the big drama is danielle's looking at her and being like oh this is kind of basic kind of predictable boring whack done it before girl and so we have to leave off on a very wild cliffhanger of what dress is Kim going to wear? This one that she's, we've seen her in a thousand times before she feels good in, or this like plastic dress that looks like it would truly make you sweat within about 20 seconds. So Kim tries to explain to us, like we're stupid, that if you like a dress, if you like what you're wearing, you exude the happiness and you know, that goes a long way with completing a look. (laughs) If you look good, you feel happy. You heard it here first, you guys. So Kim has some friends there. Lala's there. Uh, Olivia, Natalie. I don't know who these people are, but I know they're like Instagram famous. I think these are like IG models that Kim has somehow befriended. I'm not really sure. Are they British? I don't even know. (laughs) But Lala's also there. I do know Lala Anthony. And she's telling the girls, hey, um, Michelle Maroney from... Uh, some Netflix movie, I guess. Really generic hot guy. You, 
Hot guy is going to be sitting next to Chloe, and I think I'm going to be setting that up, up together as a show because I want Chloe to get her groove back. She lost her mojo, blah, blah, blah. So then they go back to the hotel room, and Tracy, her like uh, right hand woman, tells Olivia and Natalie, Hey, um, do you want to listen to Kim's debut song? And I'm thinking, Don't lie to me, Argentina. I've heard jam how many times? Produced by The Dream? Don't lie to me, girl. I This is not your debut song, but I guess she, like, put in some vocals for the fashion show that they, like, you know, turned into, like, the most auto-tuned, wouldn't even recognize it was Kim <laughs> sort of thing. Even Quincy Jones wouldn't have known that was her. But then, what, what, are, what do Olivia and Natalie do other than... Just like pray to God that their areolas don't come out at any given moment. I've never seen women with breasts so large and I'm speaking from what I know, okay? How did they keep those boobs? And I know that like tape and all those things do a lot, but I don't know which one. One of them was wearing like a corset, but we're talking like a, not even a deep V. It's like barely just enough to show to cover like from the areola over to the side boob and she had some big old bigums <laughs> again and i'm speaking for which like how did you do that girl how did you not how was it because they look natural how did they not slip out how did she do that i'm just curious so anyway, cause like, let me, let me just like, if I wear a tank top with no bra on, just like the mere thought of like, if, if my boobs even got the signal that they could escape, Flojo, they're out of there. And then my aerial is just free, free for the world. So I just don't know how she did it. Anyway, um, Kim tells them whoever's, whatever dudes are at the show, have Adam do, do what you want girls. Cause none of these dudes are my type. And she's got a list a manifest list for the future man that she wants with the following things. Uh, protect me, fight for me, good hygiene, calm, no mom or dad issues, which are like, damn, just say everybody but Kanye. Um, patient, supportive, genuinely happy for me. <laughs> Successful, good teeth, spontaneous, fun, Friends and family love him. A role model for my kids. No heavy baggage. Taller than me. Loves to work out. Doesn't wear stupid moon boots everywhere. Oh, that's not one. That was me. Motivated. Independent. Not clingy. And then she waffles on whether or not she wants to take bald out of the situation. Because she's like, well, you know, I do love you. I'll like rub your bald head. I don't have a problem with that. So then we get to the scene of the episode where Kendall goes over to Courtney's. Something that really doesn't happen that much. So you know it had to be serious, right? Courtney really needed a scene partner with this. So they sit down. Because Courtney's like pretending to do her makeup and be on a meeting in the chair. And she's doing her girl boss thing. Whatever. But then she sits down with Kendall. And she's like, okay, Kim is in Milan doing this whole Dolce Vita thing. Like, it's not even really about business for me. It was just, it was my wedding and... I've actually lived my life every summer for five years in a row, like actually living La Dolce Vita, like genuinely. And then when, while we were at our wedding, I guess Kim was having these conversations with Dolce. 
things that Kim said earlier in the episode she did not do. And then she's like, I didn't know about that. And then Kim called me and she was telling me about the Skims collab. And I, my response was like, what is the point of this call to get my blessing? (laughs) And then she says, well, I guess Kim was like, presenting it to me like how do you feel about it like I want the money or like whatever she was feeling why she ever she did this and then she called me again like first she's saying that Kim calls her about the skims collaboration for reasons that she's not understanding so she's like why are you calling me bitch do you feel bad about something and like because she's not presenting it, this is like, this is a business opportunity I'm taking because I need money or this is a great opportunity for another reason, whatever, right? So then they get off the call. Time passes. Kim calls her again to invite her to Milan for the Dolce thing, like to look up pieces or whatever and tells her, oh, by the way, like we're not doing this collaboration with Skims and Dolce anymore. And that's the last that Courtney says that she ever heard about it. So Kendall says, I can see both sides and I do understand why you might feel like you had your toes stepped on. And Courtney says, I just feel like there's so many opportunities. And then she starts crying and Kendall's just been staring at her just like, okay, (laughs) like doesn't get it. And she says, I hate that it affects you this badly. And so Courtney's like, it's not about the business. There's just so much. And it just takes precedence over hurting her sister. Like what she's saying is like, there's just so much opportunity for us. Like we're constantly being thrown at things. Why are you taking the one thing away from me? And then she says she's copying. Kim's copying everything from her wedding because she was the one pulling 90s references. And it's just deeper than the wedding. It's about grabbing everything that's offered and how it's never enough for Kim and it's okay to turn something down because it doesn't make sense. Like you don't have to take anything. So then Courtney says that Kim was not happy at the wedding and everybody was coming up to her like, Oh, we're having the best time here, but that's not how Kim was like, Kim couldn't acknowledge how cool everything was and that she wanted to use her as the inspiration for the line because like, you know, I would never tell anybody to not take an opportunity. And it's like, well, you just did. You just said, (laughs) you just said, I don't understand why she has to take everything. Like there's so many opportunities. Why do you have to take all of them? Kendall tells Courtney, I, I can feel for you. I can understand your side because I'm a big believer in individuality and being smart about it. And so Courtney says, I also think this is subconscious and that Kim saw everything I had and took it for her own and how Kim just sees it as dollar signs, but how everybody had said at the wedding that Kim was spiraling. So let's unpack that because she keeps acting like Kim was Danielle from Summer House at Lindsay's engagement, like going around to a bunch of people being a hater and being very weird about how happy Courtney was, I guess. Like, what else would be the suggestion that Courtney finder finally found her, um, you know, forever? You know, also in the midst of all this drama happening with Kanye for the 45th time. And 
what like what are you let's let's unpack that how was she spiraling what did people tell you was going on that kim was being such a hater and you're like hearing back from all these people about it what did she do and this brings up like the larger point or the fact that there is a larger point or probably even a few larger points at play at this point one I think what's being said is that, you know, Kim's just like a money hungry business bitch, right? <laughs> and that she'll just like take everything. She's like Miss Pac-Man, just like going around blah, 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 gobbling everything up, right? But I'm thinking what's happening, like I asked last week, did Kim ever, Courtney rather, have any conversations with her dear friend Domenico Dolce about this collaboration? Because what I think she's, maybe more frustrated about because you're saying I was actually living this Dolce Vita life for five years. I was all up in Domenico's house. I was, you know, making it nice for him and we're having Aperol spritzes and out on the boat and taking selfies or whatever. And here comes Kim taking something from me. That's what it sounds like. Kim is taking yet another opportunity from her that she probably felt should have been for her, right? Like, that would make sense in my mind if that's how she felt like, were they just using me to get to Kim? You know? (laughs) Or is it also, and also, that Kim feel, or that Courtney feels like Kim can never let anybody have a moment for themselves? Or is it the very weird fact that, like, your husband, your now husband, was extremely into your sister (laughs) and... Uh, wrote about it in his memoir and all of those things about how hot he thought that Kim was and how he wanted to be with her. And I'm sure that is a, a very interesting dynamic to put on this whole thing. So Kendall tells Courtney, you had a long lasting relationship with Dolce and Gabbana. You guys are friends. You also had your wedding with them and that was a big deal for you. But with that being said, we as sisters have to understand that a job is a job, which is another part of this is like, you're talking about a wedding versus a collaboration, which, I mean, let's not fool ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves here. Surely there had to have been some sort of business transaction, some hands being shaken, even under the table, even maybe a wink during this wedding and how everybody in the family were all Dolce & Gabbana the entire like three days (laughs) leading up to it. You don't think that there was some kind of business going on with that? Like, I find that extremely hard to believe. And then, like, from the outside perspective, I'm thinking, none of this really fucking matters. (laughs) Not any of this matters. This is, like, very inside. Like, this matters to y'all, and I get it. But in the larger sense, this doesn't matter even a little. Not even a little. Because you're talking about, again, a wedding and your wedding vibes. And... Like, I just don't, like, how many people really are going to give a shit that Kim did a a Dolce collaboration after your wedding? Like, who's going to care about that except for maybe you and Travis? Like, nobody. And also, like, the larger game that is being played is on both of y'all by Dolce and Gabbana because look at how much press they're getting off of your wedding and off of this collaboration that is free press on Hulu 
great. They they gotta throw a couple of bustiers at the situation. Like, what do they care? This is great promo for them. Then Courtney tells Kendall that Chris, their mom, never said anything to her about the deal. And Kendall was like, okay, if... <laughs> I thought this was very interesting wording. If this was handled the way you're telling me, then I don't think that's fair. <laughs> Which tells me to be leads me to believe that Kendall heard a very different story and probably believes that, but is like, okay, if this is your truth, then I get how you would be upset about that. Sure. So Courtney then says that Chris feels like she's entitled and she doesn't have to get her, or maybe she said about Kim, like Kim's entitled and she doesn't have to get her permission, which she agrees to. But like, if you want a good relationship and like, if I had done this to Kim, she would have flipped out. Like, and, you know, she's like, I think what hurts is that it was my actual wedding. Like, the same year the collection comes out four months later. It's not like I did their campaign and then she did one right after. Who cares? That's business. But this was my actual wedding, which wasn't a business deal for me. It was actually personal. Now, she does say, like, it wasn't a business deal for her, but it doesn't mean that a business deal didn't happen. Okay. Just because you're saying I didn't look at it as a business deal because this was a personal situation doesn't mean that it did not happen, Courtney. And also, I think you, maybe I would be more upset if I did a campaign and my sister did the next season. Maybe, I feel like I'd maybe be more upset about that than like this situation, but I, I don't know. But again, like it kind of sounds like to me, you should be mad at Dolce & Gabbana for using your wedding as a business situation for them. That's what you should be mad about. <laughs> yeah. So then Courtney tells Kendall that she doesn't want to bring it up right this second because it's the same weekend as the show. Um, but then she talks about how Chris had sent it in the group chat to all the girls. Why don't you, I want you to post this uh, promotional Chow Kim t-shirt that they're selling in conjunction with this line on your Instagram or whatever. And that Courtney was confused like, what are you talking about? What shirt? And so Chloe clarified, responding to her saying, you know, Dolce, the people who did your wedding? Because <laughs> I'm guessing it was like, oh, we, like, I think Chloe was actually just clarifying, but the way she said it actually triggered Courtney into being like, oh yeah, these are the people who did my wedding. But then she's like, I didn't really care because like, I'm in my own world. I'm not thinking about what's going on in Milan and, um... Then she was like, does nobody else feel weird about this? And she didn't want to post that t-shirt because it felt inauthentic to her. <laughs> and she hasn't spoken to Chris about the situation since then. But she has been posting wedding looks and stuff on her Instagram. So Kendall's like, yeah, that's what sucks. Is like you talk about how special you felt in the moment of your wedding and how her doing it like right after sort of deflates all of it. And then Kendall says, it's just all crazy. That's why I just try to mind my business. And Courtney's like, yeah, that's what I always say. I try to keep my distance and do my own thing. And then she says that Kim is really driven. And she feels like she doesn't know what's driving her, which can be a, a bad thing. And she's like, you know whatever you whatever you want to do usually I'm just like do that whatever makes you happy and that's why I've kept a distance and I have my own life and friends now I feel like Kendall and Courtney are saying two different things like 
Kendall saying I stay out of it and I mind my business is not I intentionally keep a distance from this family so that I don't get hurt. <laughs> it's more just like I don't want to get too too inside baseball. Like I don't want to be crying about my wedding and a business deal. So I just mind mind my business. See what I mean? Oh, you keep your distance? Okay, sure, sure. So then back in Milan, Chloe, Chris, Corey, and Kim's kids arrive. And while Chloe and Chris are in glam, Chris goes over to Chloe, or Chloe actually tells Chris, you need to acknowledge Courtney's feelings. So Chloe says at a confessional that her mom sent a text in the group chat about how they should be pushing those shirts on IG stories and how everybody was on board, Kylie, Kendall, the whole gang. But Courtney opted out. So producer asks Chloe in a confessional, are you sure it's really just about the t-shirts? And Chloe's like, well, as far as I know. So then Chloe has to actually coach Chris on what to text back. Like, just say you're sorry, acknowledge her, because she did say that you've spoken to her about this before, and it feels like you didn't get it the first time. So just acknowledge that. And then Chloe reads a text and says that, this is from Courtney, in the group chat says everyone who doesn't know my deal or their promises is already saying this is weird. And Chloe says, but what's weird. And Chris says, nothing's weird. She's just upset. And Chloe's like, well, I'm, I'm afraid to ask her what's weird. So I'm just not going to let's unpack that. Let's unpack that text message from Courtney. Everyone who doesn't know my deal or their promises is already saying this is weird. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So it sounds like to me, Dolce and Gabbana and Courtney had some sort of conversation and everyone who doesn't know about my deal or their promises is saying this is weird. That's giving to me like something people who are viewing this on the outside is being like, Oh, this is weird. This is another thing that like people are hyping her up and being like, yo, what's going on? It looks like Kim's taking an opportunity from you. Is what it sounds like. So Chris says, these people haven't even seen the show yet. So what could be weird? And then in a confessional, Chris says, when my girls see things differently, I just try to stay neutral. And I think it's my job to just see and hear both sides and help a conversation happen when things get out of hand. Um, Okay. 
I mean, I don't, that, that is a completely fair thing as a regular mom, but you're like their momager. So I imagine that makes things very sticky at times. <sighs> Was she wrong for saying that? Mm, I'm going to have to think about that a little bit more. I, I really, really am. Uh, but it sounds like to me, well, let's talk about this in a second. So back in LA, Kendall and Kylie actually talk about this situation. But before that, we're forced to watch them do a whole other activity. You know, one of those rich people put these electric pulses up to your body and just stand there, girl, and we'll ex- do the workout for you. But after that, they start talking about the Courtney situation. Oh, they also try to tease that, like, Kendall's pregnant. It's like, girl, as as if the, the mystery of Kendall being pregnant would only be revealed on Hulu. As if it wouldn't be on the front cover of Vogue or something. But anyway, um, then, it, oh, it was her horse, by the way. She's, she's, her horse is getting pregnant. So then they start talking about Courtney. And Kendall's like, yeah, she broke down in front of me about how she felt like her wedding vibes were being stripped from her. And Kendall was like, I told her, you know, we live under this umbrella of our relationship, like as a family. We're a family, right? We live under the umbrella of our relationship, as she puts it, and how everybody wants to be an individual, but how she could also see how Kim was presented a job and took it. And she didn't think like, oh, how could you choose the job over my feelings was a fair position to put Kim in. Interesting. And then she says, I just think that Courtney should be supportive. So Kylie says, I see both sides too. I actually didn't even think about it in terms of her wedding, in terms of like Courtney feeling some type of way. And Kendall says, yeah, I didn't either until I sat with her and saw how it affected her. So it sounds to me like nobody really understands why Courtney's upset, which is very interesting. It seems like if anybody would be on her side it would be like Kendall and Chloe right but Chloe's sitting up in that makeup chair saying I don't know what the issue is and Kendall saying I only saw what the issue was or understood her point after she was crying to me in this uh you know khaki colored chair and even still I still see Kim's side so it's it's listen nobody seems to be on Courtney's side I'm thinking what's happening is that like Courtney obviously has felt some type of way about this family dynamic, i.e. Kim, and probably Chris would be second in line with that too. She's probably felt some type of way. Well, I know she has. (laughs) She's always felt this type of way, but the emotions ramping up towards Kim have been escalating over the past five years since Kim herself sat in that makeup chair and said, you know, you're not passionate about anything. And if you knew what it was like to have a job, you would get it, but you don't fussing and fighting over her with her because Courtney didn't want to uh, have their Christmas photo shoot with the kids last longer than a certain time. Cause she wanted to get home to like uh, get the radon out of her body or, you know, eat gluten-free pretzels or something. I-, I don't know, but I think she's been feeling humiliated by Kim since then, which is why she said it took her five years to come up with those vitamins because Kim or yeah. Cause Kim was pressuring her too much <laughs> and I also think like I, yeah I just feel like there the storm has been a brewing and I was like damn bitch you took something else I gotta be the Jan Brady to your Marsha once again I can't even have a moment and here we are do I hear what she's saying yes 
Do I agree with it? Not particularly. And it doesn't seem like anybody else does either. But she's been like truly angry at Kim in particular since Eunice. Since she started dating Eunice and he was like, uh, she was flying him all over the world and they're doing like sexy photo shoots on a boat or this is really truly when she, her first year of living La Dolce Vita. She did it with Eunice, and Eunice was always in her ear. Gosh, she was so crabby during those Eunice times of like, I am above this. I just want to travel and see the world. I'm more than this. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this show. This is all very stupid. Like, I need to be living my life and taking breaks and all this stuff. Like, she was, like, really angry. And I know that Eunice was all up in her ear being like, this family is stupid, they use you, they suck, <laughs> whatever. You don't do what you want to do. You should be able to do that. And if you can hit my Venmo, because I got to get some gas on the way to my one bedroom apartment from your mansion, um, that would be great. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know what I would love to know? How do rich people discuss their finances? Like if, if you know, Courtney and, and Travis are like, okay, we want to buy a house together or whatever. Do you have the conversation or like before you get married of like, okay, what's your net worth? <laughs> you know, do they talk about that? Or do you just like, well, he's a Blink-182 guy. Like, I'll just trust that he's got it. And this is a chick who's been on E for how many years and now Hulu. So I bet she's got it. You know, do you just like trust it? I would love to know. And then like when she dated Eunice... How do you navigate that? When Kim dated Pete, how do you navigate that? A guy that you know is like probably doing fine, like on a global scale, but he's not a multi, 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 multi million dollar one like uh, you, billion, billionaire status and some of us. How, how does that work? How do you like, did Kim expect Pete to pay for every dinner? You know? Did she meet him where they're at? Like, what if they started living together? Like, when he was dating Ariana Grande, how much was he putting in on that rent, if anything? What's going on with Corey? Is Corey's name on the house? Corey Gamble. How does he, does he pay Jenner Communications rent to the trust? Like, how does that all work out? I would love to know. Like, um, on Housewives of Miami, when, not Miami, Dubai, when Caroline Stanberry said in the uh, reunion that her husband gave her, (laughs) she tried to, like, gloss it over. She's like, oh, you know, he gave me a check for half when we moved into the house. They're like, how can he pay for half of the wedding? She's like, or half of the house. She's like, well, he gave it to me for half of the furniture in the house. (laughs) It's like, well, (laughs) I'm sure that was still a pretty penny, but, like, you know... I just want to, I wonder, does he also pay for the utilities every month? Like, how do we, how do we work that out? Anyway, at the end of the episode, Chris and Chloe show up to the Dolce & Gabbana design studios to meet up with Kim. Have drinks, kick it, Corey's also there, whatever. And so Chloe whispers, because everybody's just milling about, talking, hanging out. And Chloe whispers to Kim, did you see Courtney's stuff? And Kim's like, no, is she mad at me? And Chloe's like, yeah. Uh, She's mad at mom, everybody. It's crazy. So Kim says, about what? Me doing this? And Chloe says, I don't know. It's about loyalty. It's wild. It's not rational. So Kim says, she's mad that I'm just doing the whole Dolce thing. And Chloe's like, well, it's not specifically about you. It's just like the whole thing. It's not nice. 
So Kim says this is the first time that she's hearing that Courtney's upset with her about doing the show and how she couldn't have been more mindful and she went out of her way to not doing any to not do anything that Courtney did to not even pull from the collections that she pulled from uh, for her wedding, the Madonna collection, whatever. Like she made sure to like keep herself very separate. And then Kim says in a confessional, Courtney doesn't even know that I have this whole email thread begging them to push it back a year. So then Chloe tells Kim, Courtney refused to post about the shirts. And Kim's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit if she does. And then Kim says again in a confessional, what I realize in this lifetime is that everybody has their own truth about how they think something happened. And it's weird, you know, but it's all going to come out on the show. This is our therapy. So Chloe then says, I just hope everybody's happy for everybody. Corey, whew, this is the moment for me. So Corey puts up a goblet and is like, let's raise our glasses high. This one's for us tonight. To Kim, to Dolce and Gabbana. And Kim gets that sparkle in her eye where I know she's been activated. And she says, yes. Cheers to Kim, and Dolce and Gabbana, and Courtney. <laughs> and then Chloe and Chris are looking like, oh. <laughs> Chris just mumbles, inside joke. It's an inside joke. She's just trying to like, she's not being shady right now. It's just, ha ah, funny. <laughs> By the way, if you guys look very closely at them doing this cheers, North is there. And North is trying very hard to grab the champagne glass out of Auntie Coco's uh, hands so that she could take a sip. And honestly, there was like a little bit of a struggle <laughs> between them of, uh, girl, I'm not letting you have a glass of champagne. You're nine, ma'am. <laughs> Certainly not on camera. And that is the end of this episode. It's looking like, oh, we're getting pissed off Kim. I, I This is my favorite version of him, of Kim. It really is, where she's just like, there's her whole face changes. And you can just tell, like, she's about to go the fuck in on somebody. And I love it. Usually it's Courtney. Sometimes it's other people. But I love to see it. I love, I love to see it. And that's really fucked up of me to say, but it like, let's just tell the truth, which is that you're mad at her and you're about to let her have it. So I cannot wait. I can't wait. And with that, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. We'll talk about Summer House Martha's Vineyard later this week. And because Vanderpump Rules is off the schedule Friday, I'm going to just be like, uh, do a little free for all, I guess. And we'll be talking about, well, we'll see. <laughs> You're able to give me a five-star review on Apple podcasts or Spotify. I would really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you.